uh, your Bibles, please open them to Matthew chapter 6. Winston Churchill once said of himself, when I look back on all the worries, I remember the story of an old man who said on his deathbed that he had a lot of trouble in his life, most of which never happened. (laughs) I think the old man was right, because many of us worry about the possibilities of something happening instead of the guarantee that something would happen. When you look back over your life this past week, and we only have to go a year from now, a year back, but this past week, when you look back over your past week and your past worries of your health, your livelihood, the safety of your kids, the company that, that you work for, your finances, trying to make ends meet, will the bills get paid? Will I have enough food this week? Will I lose my job this week? Will my marriage make it through this tough season again? How many of those worries actually came true? Of all the things that you worry about, day in and day out, how many of them actually come to pass? How many? All of us, and myself included, we we all struggle with worry, fear, anxiety about something. If we have something that keeps us up late at night, staring up at the ceiling, Everyone has that something. But there's good news for you when it comes to your worries, when it comes to what keeps you up at night. Jesus can get the monkey off your back if you want the monkey off your back. Do you want the monkey off your back? And if you do, Jesus has hope for you this morning. In Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like, as, like one of these. But if God clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you, a little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let us pray. Father God, this is your word. Not my word, not the word of this church, but it's your truth that you have given to your people. 
And my prayer is, is what I pray every Sunday, that you, I will move out of the way and that your spirit would take over and apply the words to our hearts, to my heart, to the heart of everyone here. As I said, we all have something that we worry about, something that keeps us up late at night, something that we are afraid of. In spirit, I pray that you take that word and apply it to that situation this morning. That the fear may be relieved. That anxiety may be relieved because of what you do today. Christ in my prayer. Amen. In these words here, Jesus speaks truth into the worries of your life. To the anxieties of your life, the fears of your life. Three times in this passage, he says, don't worry. He commands us, therefore do not be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, and not about your body, what you will put on. This phrase, therefore, I tell you, is, 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 is a connector because he, he connects this statement with what he says in verse 24. In verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters. We talked about this last week. You remember? Of course not. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. He cannot serve the Father and money. And so for the past three weeks, we've, we've been answering one question for the past three weeks. And that question is this. Where is your security? Where is it? We talked about it in terms of prayer. Where is our security that our prayers are heard? It's in our Father who He is and what He does, not in us. Last week we talked about the Father being our treasure. The treasure that we seek. The one that we live for. The one that we serve. We serve Him rather than money, if you are a believer. And Jesus says, because of that, because of that truth, we have no need to worry. We have no need to live in anxiety. You are dependent upon the Father who is your provider, your treasure, and Lord. So you do not have to live in worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. The idea behind this word that has been translated anxious is, is that you have an anxious, an anxious concern about your life. You worry about your life. You're consumed with worry about your life. Now, all people naturally care about their life. Do you care about your life? Do you care about the well-being of your life? Your safety? We all do. That's healthy. But the problem is, is when it turns into worry. That's the problem. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's, preven- he's prohibiting us from this anxious concern about the means of life. I worry about my life all the time. I worry about my life. I worry about the safety of my life. I worry about how I'm going to eat and how I'm going to live and what I'm going to drink. I'm consumed with it. I have no peace. All I do is worry. Would I pay the bills this month? Would I be able to provide for my kids this month? This, is my job really secure? They're downsizing. Am I going to get the pink slip this time? 
Is it me? Is it my turn now? We worry. Jesus says, we have no need to. In verse 34, he also says, we have no need to worry about our future either. Or even the uncertainties of the future. Jesus knows. He knows that you care about your life. He knows that you want to do good in school. He knows you want to provide for your families. He knows you want to raise your kids well. He knows you need a job. He also knows that you're going to struggle and worry about those things as well. But he doesn't want you to live in the worry. There's a difference between struggling with worry and living in it. I hope you know that. There's a difference. And he put it this way. He is commanding us not to live in unrepentant worry. Because when you repent of it, it means you're struggling with it. When you don't repent of it, you're just living in it. Don't see it as sin. Don't live in unrepentant worry about the means of life and your future. Why? Why? Verse 25, he says, it's not life itself more important than food and the body more important than clothing? What is your answer to that question? Is it? Or is Jesus just being a philosopher here, asking the tricky question? Is your life more important than food, your body more important than clothing? Yes. See, all of us need, we all need life necessities. Everybody, I don't care who you are. We need life necessities. We need the means of life. But the means of life is not our master. And when you are, have this anxious self-concern about the means of life, they have become your master or your daddy, however you want to, whatever you want to put in the blank. They have become that to you. One Christian says, what makes a proper concern foolish is worry. Worry. And the illusion to which it gives rise is this, that life itself can be secured by the means of life for which there is concern. That if I just get these things, then I'm going to have more security in life. If I just get this education from this school, if I get this job, live in this neighborhood, and if I get all these things, then I'm going to have all this security about my life. Really? Can stuff, achievements, and success really do that? Is Is there enough stuff that you can get to give you true peace and true security in life? Really? The means of life will not bring you the true security that you're searching for. And your concern and your worry about the means of life, it blinds you from seeing that life itself is more important. When you are consumed by worry, I mean, it's, sometimes it's like you're, you're, you're stuck in quicksand. I mean, you feel like you're sinking. Deeper and deeper into your own anxiety. And you can't get out. The walls of life closing in on you. Shortness of breath. I can't do it. There's no way I can get out of this. My life is going to come to an end. But the question, with this question, Jesus is asking you to calm down. Calm down, Alex. Take a deep breath and calm down. You need perspective perspective. You have to look past the current struggle, the current situation. You have to look past the current worry 
You've got to look at your life as a whole, not just in part. That's our problem. We only focus on a part. We don't see our life as a whole because if you see your life as a whole, you see that the Father has always provided for you. Even when you think he wasn't going to come, he came. But from struggle to struggle, we forget it. He delivered me, delivered you from this struggle and this issue, and yet when this issue comes, you all back in unbelief again. But he's always provided for you. Has God always provided for you? Yes, he has. And why do you not believe he's going to provide for you in this growth, in this situation, in this issue? I want all of you to look at the palm of your hands. I want you to notice you have fingerprints on the palm of your hands. And every person, no two people have the same fingerprints. And every time you touch the surface, the imprints of your fingerprint will be on that surface. Every time you touch something. you got to see your life as that surface. In your life, the Father's fingerprints is all over it. And you can't see it if you don't see it through the lens of the gospel. That's our problem. We don't see our life through the lenses of the gospel. We see it through the lenses of worldliness. Then if we see it through that lens, you ain't going to see his fingerprints. His fingerprints are all over your marriage, your kids, your struggles, your issues. He's there. Even if you can't see it, it's there. Ask the Spirit to give you eyes to see. Give you eyes to see because His fingerprints is all over your life and it's all over creation itself. That's why Jesus says in verse 26, look at the birds of the air. The Father has His fingerprints even over their lives. Look at the birds of the air and how, how they feed themselves. Jesus is again calling us to have perspective. Pay attention to the fact that, that these creatures, these birds, they neither sow nor reap, nor do they gather into barns. They don't, they're not farmers. They don't plant their food. They don't harvest any food. And nor do they store up food. And yet they always are fed. Why? Because your heavenly Father feeds them. His fingerprint is even on them, on the birds. Not just the birds, even the grass that you're going to mow in the spring. How did the grass grow? Your father grows it. If God clothes the grass of the field, feeds the birds of the air, how much more you who is created in his image? Are birds created in the image of God? Is grass created in the image of God? There's only one creature in all the creation that is created in his image, and it's humans. How will he not also provide for you? Will you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm not talking about here in Sunday school and here right now. I'm talking about when you go home and you get into those places that you truly live, do you believe this? In those places, when life is tough, do you believe it? Deuteronomy 14.2 says, This is God speaking to the people of Israel, but he also speaks this to his church as well. For you are you are a people holy to the Lord, your God. The Lord has chosen you 
to be a people of his treasured possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. When was the last time you thought of yourself as God's treasured possession? See, Christians, we beat ourselves up. You know how we beat ourselves up? Well, I'm just, I'm just a sorry sinner, and I always screw up, and I always mess up. Is, you know the Father don't see you that way? You know why he doesn't see you that way? Because you're covered in the blood of his son. That's my son. He has issues, but that's my son. <laughs> that's my son. That's my daughter. My treasured possession. That's you. Last week we said God has to be our treasure. But man, don't you love the fact that we are his treasure as well? Powerful. Powerful. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Alex, you say I'm valuable to the Father, that he provides for me and takes care of me, but but where was he when I lost my job? Where was he when I was hurt? By that person who I thought loved me. Where was he when I lost my home? Where is he now in the midst of my struggle? Where is he when I'm living paycheck to paycheck and can't keep my bills paid? Where is he now? Where is his care there, Alex? How can you say he provides for me when I still have so much hurt and disappointment in my life? Where is he? It doesn't make any sense of what you're saying. Well, if that's you this morning, this is my word of encouragement to you. The Father promises us many things, many things, but a free pass on suffering is not one of them. It's not one of them. What are you saying, Alex? It means you're going to hurt. You're going to get betrayed. You're going to get sick. Some of your kids ain't going to turn out right. That's life in the fallen world. That's because the world still has sin in it. See, one Christian writer says, to be free from worry and to be free from troubles are not the same thing. Hardships are part of the journey. But for us, that's what we want the Father to take away. It's the hardships of life. Just the struggles of life. Which of you, by being anxious about your life, can add a single hour to it? No one can. You can't worry away the troubles and disappointments of life. You can't. I don't care how long you stay up at night standing at the ceiling. You cannot worry them away. You can't. That's why Jesus says, don't be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for his days of his own troubles. But in the midst of your troubles, your hardships, your sufferings, you got to know the Father is even there. He's even there in the midst of that. His word says in Romans that he works all things to the good of those who love him. All things to the good of those who love him. And when he does that, that, that becomes a fingerprint in your life. When he does that. He comforts us in the midst of our hardships, in the midst of our struggles. But we have such little faith that we don't believe it. 
I know I do. We don't always believe it. Because the issue is, I'm going to either live by faith or I'm going to live by worry. This is what Jesus is talking about. You can't do both. I'm going to either live by faith, trusting in the Father, taking him at his word, or I'm going to worry about every single thing that comes in my life. What is it going to be? Last year, um, the American atheist, I think, group of society had a, a billboard down on South Parkway. I mean, you, if you live down that way, you've probably seen this billboard. And on this billboard, it had a picture of five small churches down here in the right corner. And then at the top, it had this phrase. It says, you know they're all scams. What's a scam? It's a dishonest scheme, a fraud, a con, a hustler. That's what a scam is. But don't you know when you live and worry about your life and your future, that's what you say about God's promises? He's just a fraud. He's a scam artist. He ain't gonna take care of me. He ain't gonna provide for me. He 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 ain't gonna come. He's not gonna see me out of this. He's just a hustler. He's a con artist. And basically, you, we're practical atheists. Basically, that's who we are. That's how we live. When you worry about your life, that's what you are. That's what you function as. Not as a believer. Not as a son. Not as a daughter. But. Verses 31 and 32 makes this point. Gentiles seek after these things. Gentile represents pagans, those who do not believe in God. And when we worry about these things, that's what we function as. But if you live by faith, you will believe that your Heavenly Father knows you need the things that you need. You have to have faith to believe that. Rest in that. Do you rest in that? Right now. If you do, Jesus says, you will do what he says in verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, and all these things will be added to you. That's the way of faith. Resting, trusting, depending. Not just intellectual knowledge of who he is, but you're resting and trusting and depending upon Jesus. That's faith. I'm I'm not talking about a foxhole faith where he's only your God when you're in trouble. Then when trouble goes, you know, you're back to your old ways. I'm talking about a true resting, a true depending, and a true trusting in Jesus. That's faith. And it's seeing and seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first. To seek God's kingdom means what? It means you live under him as your king. He's your king. He's your authority. Nothing else. Nothing else is on that throne. No government, no philosophy, no other world view. He's your king. And to seek his righteousness means you live as a reflection of of him as your father. You do both. You submit to him and you live for him at the same time. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. First Peter says, humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand. That he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your worries on him. Because he cares for each and every one of you. Will you believe it? Is the question. One theologian, Sinclair Ferguson, says, 
Anxiety can never be cured by getting more of what we already have. Many people make that fatal mistake. Anxiety can only be cured by the assurance that all our needs will be met by our king. Our king. For this reason, the chief drive in our lives should be to live under the authority of that king and to see his kingdom extended to every possible way, morally, socially, personally, inwardly, spiritually. You want to see him, his kingdom expanded in all areas of this world. That is what he calls us to live for. That's living out our faith. Let us pray. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Father God, we will struggle to live that out, but through your spirit, help us to. Help us to not live in worry, but live under the assurance that we are in good hands. Good hands. Perfect hands. Merciful hands. Gentle hands. Strong hands. And in our life, it's secure. I pray for those who are in the midst of a struggle and worry or suffering or hardship. I pray that you will whisper your gospel to them. Let them know that they will be taken care of. That you will see them through. That you are the good shepherd. And you're going to shepherd them through this issue. Help them to rest in that. Protect them from the voice of the enemy. The voice of their own sin. And they'll keep our eyes focused upon our one great King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ in my prayer. Amen. Please stand as we close our service.